Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Father, we thank you today as we approach your word. We believe that, Lord, your word, the entrance of your word brings light. We believe that as we increase in knowledge, we increase in power. We believe that you are able to teach us things that are important and that will pertain to this life and to godliness. We believe your word that teaches us that godliness is profitable unto all things having promise of the life that now is and the life also that is to come father we thank you as we come before you humbly we ask you to minister to us by your holy spirit let us not leave this place the same as we came in jesus name amen you may be seated now um next week sunday to turn our bibles to james chapter 5 verse 7 page 263 and we'll pick up from there we've been teaching about the book of james from the book of james we are talking about four phases of life and ministry how many remember last week we started about that four phases in life and ministry james chapter 5 verse 7 it says be patient therefore brethren unto the coming of the lord behold the husband man waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain amen, amen. now um we shared last week about the fact that we must observe the husband man or the farmer the husband man is an old word for farmer who is waiting patiently for a season of rain hallelujah and after he waits for the first season of rain there will be a pause and there will be no rain for some time after that there will come another season of rain amen oh i said amen, amen. and we realize from that that there are four phases that this husband man or farmer will go through four periods the first period of preparing for the rain the second period of the rain itself the third period of the time between the first rain and then the latter rain and then the fourth period itself being the latter rain hallelujah we learn in Hosea chapter 6 verse 3 the Bible says the going forth of the Lord is prepared as the morning and he shall come to us God will come to the Christian God will come to the child of God God will come into your life as the rain in the form of blessings hallelujah and that blessing will come in the early part and then he will come at the latter part hallelujah i said hallelujah job chapter 8 verse 7 says that though your beginning is little your latter end shall be greatly increased and that is how god will come to you in psalm 1 verse 1 bible says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sitteth in the seat of scorners nor standeth in the way of sinners verse 2 says but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night psalm 1 verse 3 says that and he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water you the christian hallelujah who loves the word of god and operates in the word of god will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and for you the christian who is planted by the rivers of water you will bring forth fruits not all the time but in the season that god has prepared Although we want to be rich, although we want to be blessed, although we want to be married, although we want to have beloved, although we want to have a large church, there are seasons and times that God operates with. Hallelujah. And God has said that I will come to you as the rain. I will come to you as the early rain, the first season of blessing, and then the latter season. Now there is one condition upon which this thing will happen to you. It will happen to you exactly like that you'll find that your life will go exactly according to that plan but there's one condition which many people do not fulfill but it is in Psalm 1 verse 2 
In his law does he meditate. Hallelujah. Day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He, the one the Bible has described it, he, the one who blessed is he who does not stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the, the seat of scorners. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of that person. Hallelujah. Is the one who will have the blessing in the season that he's supposed to have it. Now you find that somebody who becomes a Christian early and does not walk in the way of sinners and does not sit in the seat of scorners and does not fall into certain things. You find out that such a person who walks in the will of the Lord from an early age, his life follows this pattern exactly. You find out that his life follows that way exactly. But sometimes when we go into the world for a long time and then we come, Maybe you come at the age of 43, or you come at the age of 39, or the age of 27. By that time, you already have a child with Kojo Asiedu. I beg you, if you are Asiedu, forgive me. <laughs> Do you understand? And uh, it's time, and, and you, already, you have already duped people, you have been arrested, various things have happened to you. Now that the Lord has entered in your life, the process now begins. Hallelujah. And God has to begin to take you through. So you have to recover. And some people never recover. But God will take you through the best that he can do for you, depending on the time that you have come to him. Hallelujah. And if you come to the Lord, and you remove your way from sinners, you remove your way from scorners, you come out of the way of, of mockers and of sinners, and you begin to love the law of the Lord, and stay in the house of the Lord, you become like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Hallelujah. And God comes to you in these seasons and in these phases. Now, why is it important that God comes to us in these seasons? You see, you have to understand it. The Bible says, you see, James chapter 5 verse 7 says, be patient. Be patient for the coming of the Lord. You, you cannot be patient unless you are sure that something is going to happen. And the Bible is saying that for sure, for sure, for sure, what you have seen, hallelujah, of the Lord coming... As the rain comes in its particular... Look at how it's raining now. It's testing our roof again. This is the third year. Hallelujah. That the rain is testing the roof. And for sure we knew, you know. And that is why we wanted to fix these windows before the rains come. Because when we did the wooden work upstairs, when the rains came last year, it, it destroyed the wood. So we wanted to try hard and do those windows before the rain comes. And we were so sure that it was going to raise. So when I was talking to the guy who were giving this contract to do the window, I told him that, listen to me, we are giving this work to you now. We, we don't even have the money really to do it now. But we are asking you to do this thing now because we are expecting rain. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We were sure. Everybody said we were sure. I mean, I was so sure that it was going to start raining. Because it's so, when it's so hot, you know that rain is coming. So, and God is saying that, be patient if you are a believer. Eh? Kweku, if you are a believer and you have begun to know the Lord. The Bible is telling you to be as patient as a farmer who knows that rain is going. You don't get, I mean, disturbed. You don't go around doing things that you shouldn't do. You are relaxed because you are certain that this thing is, is going to come. And that is what the Lord is saying to all of us. Many of us are going to be big, big, big people. Many of us are young. This is a church of young people with a few older ones. And thank God for the older ones who, who, who come in our midst. But basically, many of us are young. Most of us are not married. It's a church of young people. God has blessed us with young people. Hallelujah. <laughs> many, many of the people in the church are students. There are some workers, and even those who are working are young in work. And I know that many of us intend to rise up to do well in our life, in our businesses, in our professions, but the Lord is telling us that be relaxed. Because you see, when you are not relaxed, and when you are in a hurry, Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, it says that he that hasteth to be rich shall not be innocent, but a faithful man shall abound with blessings. In verse 22, it says that he that hasted to be rich hath an evil eye. So when you, you begin to be in a hurry, you will go and enter a relationship with an unbeliever. And the Bible says that you young lady, I'm telling you, the Lord is going to get, you will marry. Ah! I am telling you that you marry. 
Because the Lord will come to you as the rain. He will bless you. His word is sure. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 6 verse 3 that his going forth is prepared as the morning. You see, there are some things which are so fixed. The Lord is comparing himself to sure things. He's comparing himself to things that are fixed and regular. Things that never change. The morning always comes. You never pray for, for the morning to come. It comes. We never fast about the morning. Be sure that the morning will come after Saturday night. So that we can have Sunday morning and have church. We never pray that way. Hallelujah. So the Lord is telling us that patience is, comes into your spirit. When you know for sure how God is going to deal with you. As the days go by. Hallelujah. And I want you to be aware of this. Amen. Now we are talking about these four phases. The first phase is the phase of preparation. The second phase is the phase of early blessings. The third phase is the phase of consistent and steadfast progress in whatever God has blessed you in. You see, there are some people when they are blessed, they begin to do foolish things. Hallelujah. They begin to behave like fools. Many presidents, they have come and they are blessed. They have all the women that they want to have. They have all the money. They can share the government money. They can eat the billions and they behave like fools. Many presidents, many dictators, many tyrants, they don't know that one day they will be fed to the lions as they have fed others to lions. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 27 verse 23, it says that, huh, Look well, be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. Look well to thy heads, for riches are not forever. Neither does the crown endure to every generation. It's not forever. You see some pastors, they are Blessed, the church is growing, people are blessed, there's joy, there's liberty, and then they begin to play the fool. They spend the church money in any way, they do anything, and after a while, things begin to, and that's what the Bible says, be thou diligent to know the state of that. For riches are not forever, neither does the crown endure to every generation. That means that it's not going to be there all the time. People don't know that. So many people who are, that is why a lot of people, when they are dying, even though they were rich in their lifetime, you see the, the car that they are driving, GG. You see the car number, GO. <laughs> even though in their time and in their day, because, you see, the time of their prosperity was uh, particularly, they didn't know how to maintain it and be steadfast in it up to a certain point. They didn't know. And so they wasted it. You see some young ladies, the Lord has blessed them. They are beautiful. They are nice. People want to marry them. And then they, they, they don't know how to handle that blessing. You see, because it's the, blessing of the, it's the blessing of the Lord that comes upon a lady that she becomes like a flower. Everybody wants her. Everybody wants to marry her. Everybody wants to say, will you marry? Will you be my friend? It's the blessing of the Lord. If the Lord takes away his blessing, you will be left <laughs> with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you hearing me today? The Bible says that riches are not forever. If you are beautiful, you are not beautiful forever. Some years ago, an old lady came to preach in this church. I don't, she just came and she, she took a photograph and she showed the whole church. She said, Who is this beautiful girl? Do you know? Do you remember her? Do you know any of you know her? She showed a very old lady. And said, nobody said, we don't know her from the newspapers. We don't know her from anywhere. We have not seen her in the Chronicle. We've not seen her in graphics. He said, he said this old lady, you don't know. I'm introducing her to this beautiful young girl. It's me. She had faded like a flower. She had changed. Because riches are not forever. And so when God blesses you, you must know how to handle it. We will come to that. But today we are talking about the phase of preparing for God's blessing. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. It says that sowing joy and reaping righteousness, break up your fallow grounds. It is time to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. It is time. Everybody say it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord. It's a time where it is time to break up the fallow ground and prepare for the blessing. In my house, at the back of my house in the yard there, I, I just have a patch of sand. You know, and I knew the rain was coming, but I didn't do anything. And when the rains began, suddenly, what began to grow? Weeds. Weeds and thorns. And these are the blessings that are, these are the things that are growing at the back of There's no grass there. Because I have not broken up the ground. I have not tilled the ground. I have not 
planted grass. I've not bought black soil. I've not done any of those things. So now that the blessing of the Lord is coming upon my heart, the rains are beginning to flow. There's nothing to bless. So only weeds are coming. Hallelujah. And that is how it is when a person is not prepared when the blessing comes. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 27. It says, prepare thy work without. You see, these verses that I'm quoting, you must check them up, write them down, check them up, note them, underline them in your Bible. Hallelujah. It says, prepare thy work without. Make it fit for thyself in the field. That means do some preparation somewhere. And then afterwards, come and build your house. Everybody say, afterwards, build your house. There must be preparation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Chronicles chapter 12 verse 14 says that he did evil because he prepared not his way before the Lord. Talking about one of the kings of Israel. He did evil because he did not prepare. He did not make preparation. Ezra chapter 7 verse 10. The Bible says that and Ezra prepared his heart. His heart. To seek the law of the Lord. And to do it. And then to teach in Israel statutes and precepts. Listen to me, if you want to teach in church, if you want to minister the word, you have to have some preparation. You don't just wake up and arrive. You don't just wake up and do things. There is going to be preparation. Hallelujah. If you want to be a good husband, you must prepare, you must know how to treat women. The Bible says that you should dwell with women according to knowledge. That means that there is knowledge you must know about only women. There is knowledge that concerns only females, XX. And you must know about that knowledge. You must have that info. Otherwise, you cannot dwell with a woman and be happy. You never. You will never be happy. And she will also never be happy. Every day you will be quarreling. If you want to be a good wife, you must prepare. Hallelujah. You must prepare to be a good wife. You must read about marriage. Amen. You, you, must, you, must, prepare to, you must prepare to know how to cook. You know, cooking is an essential art of marriage. It's one of the principles and essential arts and oracles of marriage. How to cook. Amen, the ladies. Amen, the men. (laughs) There is a saying that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Is it true? It, It can be true because the Bible says, Eat not thou the bread of him that hath an evil eye. That means that the bread can affect you when it comes from an evil-eyed person. That means that the thing has power. You see some people, they, they, they don't know how to cook at all. Ah, if they make stew, you don't know whether it is water or stew or soup or, or, or what. When they make jollof rice, the jollof rice is suffering from severe anemia. Secondly, to hookworm infection. <laughs> when they mention certain foods, you don't know about it. You don't have any idea. And you get mad. You, you think that it is your nice face that your husband is going to eat. Is it your nice face that he's going to eat? Hallelujah. There must be some preparation. You must prepare to have sex with your partner. It needs a preparation. One of the important preparations is virginity. Virginity. Virginity is a preparation for sex. You are looking at my face. <laughs> you thought I would tell you that you should go and practice and come. You lie, man. <laughs> Everybody say, I'm blessed. <laughs> one, of the, one of the preparations for, for, for sex is virginity. It prepares you. It is the will of God. Three principles for preparation. Write it down. Number one, principle of acquiring knowledge. And number two, write it down. Principle of acquiring knowledge. If you want to prepare for the blessings of the Lord, 
I'm giving you three principles to prepare so that when the Lord makes you Mrs. or Mr., the Lord takes you out of your school, you'll be ready. Hallelujah. Principle number one, the principle of acquiring knowledge. And principle number two, the principle of acquiring experience. And principle number three, the principle of being purged. Purged. Pegatives. Hallelujah. Now, let's just take the first principle and apply it and see. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. My son. Have you found it? Find it. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. It's page 137. No, no, it's page 129. Page 46. Have you seen it? It says, my son, attend unto my words. Incline thy ears unto my saints. Hallelujah. My son, my son, my son, my son, attend, attend. <laughs> what does it mean to attend? When someone says, attend to this person, attend to that issue. This thing is left unattended. It means that the left ignored. No, nobody has attended to it. And the Bible says, my son, attend, attend, attend unto my words. Incline thy ears unto my sayings. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Hallelujah. For they are life to all them that find them and health to their flesh. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20, he says, My son, attend unto my word. The word my words in the Hebrew is the word dabar. And the word dabar in the Greek is the word logos. And it simply means what is written. Hallelujah. And the word my saints, which God is saying, incline your ears, let your ears be attentive to that, is the word imla or omar. Or simply put in the Greek, the word rima or the word, the spoken word, the saints, the things that have been said spoken orally verbally and the lord is saying that we must have the two you see when it comes to knowledge acquiring knowledge let's take if you are preparing to be anything in the house of the lord you need knowledge amen you need knowledge and the bible is saying that acquire attend irene attend unto my words there must be a time in your daily life when you attend unto the word, you read the Bible. I don't care how busy you are. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, it says that be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always. Even when you are working, when you are on leave, when you are on duty, when you are on track, always abounding. God knew that you work, and He still said, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God says, Attend unto my words. We need knowledge. I tell you, there are a lot of us who are perishing for lack of knowledge. I say my people perish for lack of knowledge. We need to acquire information about the word of God and about any area. But you know something? There are some people who don't want to learn anymore. They feel they know it. And when you become a person who feels you know, then you are a deadly person. You can, Bible says it is better to be an old, a little child, a poor little child, than an old king who can no longer be admonished. No longer can you receive anything. And I'll tell you, do you know that many people in the church become like that? They say they've heard it. You know, there was a, a church member who said, I know all my pastor's sermons. <laughs> in Korea, he said, knows all his pastor's sermons. And so it was Sunday morning, he said that he knows what his pastor is going to preach. So he's going to the mountain to wait on the Lord, on his own. So he went into the mountain, and as he was waiting on the Lord, he fell asleep. And when he woke up, it was dark, late in the night. He had fallen asleep totally. And when he woke up, it was late, and he couldn't even see his hand in the, in the mountain in Korea. And he began to pray, said, oh, Lord, save me. What, what, where, where have I come in the, in the front? And this is a man who was proud. You know what the pastor is going to preach. You know what is going to be said. I know what they are going to say. I'm blessed. I know the word already. And this man began to pray, and as he began to walk, he, be, he began to pray, and then he began to go down the mountain, and as he went down, he slipped and he fell. And as he fell, he was falling, 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 and then he held onto something, 
And as he held it, he was suspended in the middle of the air. He began to kick like this. He couldn't feel anything. He kicked like this. He couldn't see anything. He kicked like this. He couldn't see anything. And then he kicked like this. He couldn't feel anything. Down he couldn't feel And he was holding up. And he said, oh God, forgive me. Forgive me for my attitude, for what I said. But I, I said that I, I, I know the pastor's sermon. I know everything already. I won't, I won't go to church today. And God said to him, if you trust me, just let go. <laughs> just let go and fall down. <laughs> and the, the man didn't trust God. He didn't believe God. So he held on. Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, forgive me. And it's a matter of time. So he himself... It got to a point where he could not hold anymore. He said, God, forgive me, forgive me, for not going to church, forgive me. And then he released it, and he fell. The ground was just one foot below him. <laughs> From that day, he always went to church on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Listen to me. We must never get to a point where we, don't, we feel that we don't need to know anymore. We need to know so much. There are some people who don't come to church on Tuesday. I say, I'm preaching on Tuesdays, ABC of faith. Many of you are not here. And you need to learn so much about faith. Hebrews 11 2 says that by 8 we obtain a good report. Many of us are in church only on Sunday morning for a couple of hours. And that couple of hours, we come late. No, no, we come early. We come at, in the middle of the service. We have three services. You know, 8.30 to 10.30. And you come at 9.30 and you see them walking and strolling. In. And you see them walking slowly, slowly. Then they come. They go and they sit somewhere. You wonder. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth. That means that spend money, time, exact something to get the truth or the word. Bible says, and also, also the thing that you should buy, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. You should buy them. You should spend money. People don't own Bibles. You see them uh, holding Gideons. Gideon Bible that they dashed you in secondary school. You see them holding tiny little Bible. No reference. Nothing. They even don't know when they say reference Bible, you don't know what it means. When I say concordance, you don't understand the word. Look at the Bibles. Let me just go to the Look. <laughs> Give me a Bible. Give me a Bible. Give me everybody. Give me a Bible. Give me a Bible. Give me a Bible. Your Bible is even big. Give me a Bible. 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 No, no, yours is too big. Look at that. Small, small, small Bible. Is that the Bible is the smallest thing that they have? Smallest, and you see your Bible. If you look at somebody's Bible, you can see a whole lot of things about the person. If you begin to open the person's Bible, you can begin to see some parts of the Bible have never been opened before. Yeah, just take somebody's Bible Ezekiel and Nahum, even Acts, Romans. You, you've not read it before, and you don't want to know too. I, mean, I don't need to know. The pastor will preach it, and you, you, you look. Not even one page has been underlined. Not a, I can't see a single ink mark in this Bible. Ah, I've seen one. And you know what she has, he or she has underlined? For Jonathan's sake. That's the only underline. For Jonathan's sake. <laughs> but your Bible can tell you a lot about chapter 2 verse 15 what does it say study study hallelujah study 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 to show thyself a workman approved unto god study 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 read the bible study it even look when it comes to secular knowledge you can see people's attitude they don't want to learn when i was in school there were some people who were throwing short puts when it's time to learn they were throwing short puts they were running 100 meters they were doing other things when we were sent to school to learn. Today, those people have not ended up anywhere. I'm not saying you shouldn't throw short put, but the reason, principal reason why your father took you there was not to learn how to throw short puts or javelin. Louisa, what was the principal reason your father sent you to school? To learn. To learn. And you see some people, they don't want to learn. And when they do all level, you see English, eight. General Mass, 9. 
Even if they can, if you can get nine and a half, you will get nine and a half. Physics nine. I had a friend. He had fifty-four aggregate fifty-four best six subjects. Where are they today? Bible says in Proverbs chapter one verse twenty-two: How long will the fools hate knowledge? How long? How long? How long will we hate knowledge, information, reading the Bible, reading the Word of God? Let me tell you, when you don't have knowledge, calamity will come to you. There are some people today who are not married because of knowledge, lack of knowledge. There are some people today who are not where they should be because of lack. There are some, you see, and there are many people who don't go to, said like, it's time for you to go to university. And maybe if you are a parent and you didn't go to university, don't prevent your child from going to university. Don't say that because I didn't go, it's not necessary. It's necessary. It is necessary. Even though I would like my son to be a pastor, I will send him to school as far as he can go. And then after that, come and say, because you know something, knowledge, eh? Knowledge is one of the broadest things. That is why people go to university. You ask that, what are they going to learn? Philosophy. Classics. What else do they learn? Religions. What else? History. Physics. Maths. What are these things? What is the use of it? But it's just knowledge. It's just education. And education. And whenever you meet somebody who is educated, sometimes you go to somebody's house. Is Madame there? No. Has she gone out? No. Is she there? No. Has she gone out? No. It's lack of knowledge. Is Madame there? No. Has Madame gone out? No. When will she come? I don't know. Is she there? No. Will she be coming soon? No. You meet people and you ask them. I was with, I was with Pastor T the other day. We were going somewhere. I said, I said somebody, do you know where Snit, Snit is? The person looked at her. <laughs> and I said to her, hey! Will him hoa? Will him hoa? I said, you, you are going to lie to us? You see, you go to the airport, you ask the person, what time is Ghana Airways coming? I think around four. <laughs> around four. You have no idea. Somebody has told me that before. Four o'clock. Say, well, when is Ghana Airways coming? Four o'clock. Ghana Airways is not coming. Ghana is coming at eight. You don't know. You just around four. I should go and come at four. <laughs> it's all knowledge and understanding. Are you understanding what I'm saying today? It, it's so important. You see people going to school, you don't want to learn anymore. Why? Me, I always want to learn. I always want to know something that I don't. When I was, when I was a, a, a medical I was already a pastor. When I was working as a doctor, I was, I was working at a, 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 the surgical ward, pediatric surgical ward. Even though I knew that I wasn't going to practice medicine actively, I'm in the ministry, I practice medicine in a limited way because we are starting a hospital, but not real, I mean, like this hospital and so on, no. I just, I, I mean, there was, I, I wanted to know anything that I could know. I mean, that's how, that's how I am. And follow me. Amen. I was, we were operating and the guy, nobody had ever done any operations. And I, I, as a guy, I want to, I want to operate. And I did operations once I was appendicectomy. You know, appendicitis, we, I did appendicitis. I did about five of them and typhoid preparations. I did several of them. You open up from skin to skin. I was operating. Oh, no, I, I know that. Right now, Sir Stanley, I can do if you like, bring yourself. I'll just, I'll just organize it for you right now. <laughs> skin to skin. I mean, when I say skin to skin, I mean from the time you cut the skin, you enter, 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 you get the thing, organize it, do everything. Skin to skin, my boss was standing by me. She, everything, both, both bosses, the female and the male boss. I just want to know. There was a time I was sitting in a plane, I, I went to see the pilot, I, I, our, our plane was coming, and an eagle, an eagle or a dove or a vulture went into the engine. We were landing, we were arriving at Kano Airport. The, an eagle went into the engine. So they, when the plane was landing, then we landed. I said, my God and my Lord, I won't travel with KLM again. The plane was there. They said we should go and sleep at Kano Airport. Then there were some Ghanaians who were coming from New York. I said, we're not going to stay in Kano. We didn't die in Brooklyn. We're not going to die in Kano. <laughs> they said, they said that the Nigerians who killed them. Hallelujah. They said, we didn't die in Brooklyn. We're not going to die in Kano. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay here. You know, you get us another plane from Amsterdam. We, we're waiting for a plane here. So we were all there. And I said, oh, I'll join the Aluta people. So I joined the Aluta people. And I stayed on the plane. Now, the pilot went downstairs. And they got an engineer. And they went into the, they went downstairs into the engine of the plane. And I also, I got down. 
I went under the pain and I went into the engine. And when the pilot looked, he said, oh, I said, hi, I'm here. And I said, what is the problem? And then he showed me how the eagle had been had chopped off part of the engine. The engine and then he sh showed me that the, the whole engine place had come out. And he said that they can't, and he told me so many things, if an engine is this, because maybe one day I may have to learn the plane, hallelujah. Who knows? It's possible. One day I was sitting on a plane and I said, I would like to see what it's like to be in the plane when it lands. I went to ask the pilot, and then the pilot agreed. I went to sit inside, we took off and we landed and arrived. So I sat in the plane. Then I saw the man brought out the whole list of this before landing check. They have a list. Uh, uh, they've typed it out before landing, uh, before la before takeoff. They do read everything. Well, read one, two, three, four, all the things. Check it. It's all okay. After that, before this thing, then they will check. And he gave me the earphones to listen to the control towers. They were talking to them. It's just information. Buy the truth and sell it not. Get knowledge. There's nothing wrong with knowing. Some people don't read newspapers. And I like to. I like to read newspapers. I like to know. It's interesting to know what everybody thinks. You must, you must have knowledge. To people in the church, you don't, you don't have any idea about anything. You are just blank. You are like a computer which doesn't have any mind. I don't know and I don't care. There are three types of people in the church. Those who know what is going on. And then those who are part of what is going on. And those who don't know what's happening. Make sure you are part of those that know what is going on. Three principles. The second principle is the principle of acquiring experience. Experience. Everybody say experience. You see, you need to have experiences and experience. You see, to be a pastor in this church, um, you have to have experience with us. Because this church is different from other churches, as other churches are different from us. And to be a minister, <laughs> it's not just knowledge. Amen. In Acts chapter 1 verse 24, the Bible, Acts chapter 1 verse 21, 22, Peter said, Therefore, let us choose or let us take of such men that have companied with us when Jesus went in and out amongst us from the time of the baptism of John up till the time that he was taken away. Let us take somebody who has been through all that from that period of time. And let such a one be ordained. If you want to be ordained, if you want God to use you in any organ, even I know an organization like KLM, you know, they will train you if you come with your BSc degree from the university. They are not going to mind you. I mean, what is that? You come and they will start training you how to find lost luggage, be a driver. And I know people who today command the plane, they tell the plane, okay, everything's okay. They close the door, they lock the key when you are flying off. But formerly they started as drivers. And they have risen through the ranks as whatever, gradually up to the point, now they are in charge. Because it's not just by your paper. There are some things that you must know. Without an Elijah, there will be no Elisha. Without a Paul, there will be no Timothy. There will be no Titus. There will be no Silas. Without, without all these, you cannot have, without the training, without Moses, there is no Joshua. The Bible says that Joshua, the servant of none. And some people don't want to be seven. You see, this phase of preparation is a phase which is painful. It's a phase which is not pleasant. Amen. You have to, go, you have to learn how to be hurt and to release it. There are some people there, they come into church, you, you, you say something. Uh, the, Bible, the pastor came to take my Bible. I didn't know what he was doing, but even I have other Bibles. I have other Bibles apart from these ones. And the pastor doesn't know, but this is just the one that I brought to the church. And I don't know what he's trying to say. Me, I don't like that. Me, I've said it before. I don't like these type of things. If he wants to do it to others, he shouldn't bring himself for me. Me, I, I've said it. I don't, I don't want trouble. Swallow these things and just move on. And when the pastor was preaching, then he came and he had my shoulder like that, and he said that everybody was looking. Everybody thought that it was actually me that he was talking about. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Actually, Hallelujah! You need to go. You need to be hurt. You need to know how they shout at you, and you say yes, sir. You want to be a leader. You want to lead somebody. You must know how to be a follower first. Jesus and the disciples, what were they? They were ashes, they were catching bread, they were carrying bread, they were uh, uh, collecting dead people's 
30 leftovers when they have finished eating the fish and they have left the bones and other things. They were collecting all those things. Jesus was sending them, go to somebody's house. Impossible mission. Go and somebody and tell him that I need his car. <laughs> I need his ass. I need his meal to use it. That's what Jesus was using them for. Ordinary, just do something. And they didn't mind. And there are people here, you send them, say, I mean, I mean, I don't know what this pastor thinks about it. Look, look, look. And you see this, look, look at him. Look at what he's trying to talk about. I mean, this is not where I'm from. I'm from Los Angeles. I mean, when I was in Los Angeles, when I was in New York, I mean, wait, you talk about what? I should come and carry basket. I should come and, what, what is he talking about? I mean, this person is out of his mind. He's crazy. This guy is crazy. And you see them with their actor by force accent. You are Ghanaian. You are trying to change your voice into a, a what? <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't have much, much time. I want to end. But the last principle, the principle of purging. Purging. Huh. When you purge yourself, you, uh, what is the, meaning of, the name of the medicine that we take? Pegative. What? Mist Senaku. It is a violent removal of certain elements which are unwanted. We call them sons of perdition. Hallelujah. Bible says none of them shall be lost except the son of perdition. <laughs> things that must go out of the body. There are things that must go out of everybody's life for God to be able to use you. When I became a Christian, you know, I, one of the things I used to love was films. Watching films. <laughs> you talk, mention the film, I've watched it. You mentioned Now... You know, the Lord, one day I went to watch a Chinese film. I think I used to, I used to know, you know, I could go to Osu Cinema. You know Osu Cinema? I was, like, I was with them. I would enjoy it. I would be, hey! I would go to Orion Cinema. I would be sitting there very, very happy. Then one day, I was a Christian. One day I went to watch a film of a Chinese man. And then the blue man got sick. He had malaria. <laughs> And he was feeling cold. So they brought about four naked women to come and lie on the man to make him feel warm. When I watched it, I said, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, Empire, your time has come. You must stop watching all these things. Hallelujah. And the Lord purged me of that. It wasn't easy. And purging can be painful. It can be painful. And there are certain things we ought to purge out of our lives. There are certain things that replace God in our lives. They replace the word of God. Some of you have to be purged of your unbeliever boyfriends. The one you have been sleeping with. That married man, woe to he that calls his father darling. <laughs> woe, woe to you, woe to you. You call your father darling. You need to be paid. Some of you men, you need to be paid of some of the things, some of the books that you read, some of the pornography. Christians, you enter the house, you see a picture, and you say, that it's not me, Pastor, it's a calendar. It's a calendar. It's actually a calendar. I got it from this place. And in fact, I've forgotten, Pastor. But it's actually a calendar. I've been using it to see the, the dates. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. If any man... That in, a, in, a, in, a, in a great house there are many there are not only vessels of gold and of silver but of wood and of earth some to honor and some to dishonor 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 21 if any man purge himself from these things he will be a vessel unto honor sanctified meet and prepared for the master's work John chapter 15 verse 2 he said that I am the husband man I am the vine and any branch that does not bring forth fruit I take it away but any branch that brings forth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Some of you Christians, God is working on you. And that is why some people want to leave this church. Because when you come here, the word is too hot for you. And you know that they are telling you the truth. So don't lie and say, hey, I don't want to come to this church again because of this. Hey, it's because you don't want to purge yourself. And there are some people, when they purge themselves, they will come back. They say, well, I went to Roma. I went to my Roman. But we are all Romans. I went to my, I'm going to my, I'm going to my Roman. This pastor, the way he's talking, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Ah, why? Why a church that you come to and they're always insulting us? I mean, what is this? What is this? What is this? A church that we are attending to, they're insulting us every day. I mean, how? How? I mean, what do you think of that? 
You need to be paid. The pigeon is affecting you. That's why you are annoyed. But if you are proper, when the pigeon comes, you'll be blessed. And there will be joy and liberty. Stand for your feet. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your hand. I have made you too small in my eyes, oh Lord, forgive me, sing it everybody, and I have believed in a life that you were unable to help me. born again Jesus said except a man is born again he will not enter the kingdom of heaven if you are standing here today and you know in your heart if you are to die today or tomorrow you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell then you are not born again and I want to pray for you, you want to say pastor I want to know Jesus as my Savior I want to be born again lift up your right hand wherever you stand I'll pray for you before we close today 
Lift it up. I want to know Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Somebody invited you, but you want to know Jesus as your Savior. Lift up your right hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me before we close. I want to be born again. I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to know Jesus. Pastor, pray for me. Lift up your right hand. God bless you. I see all your hands. Lift it up. There's a lady here. There's a gentleman. And there's a lady. God is telling me you need to lift up your hand and be born again today. Lift it up high. God bless you. Those of you that have lifted up your hands, I want you to come to the front. And we pray for you as we close. Come to the front. You lifted up your hands. Just come to the front. And we pray for you as we close. God bless you. God bless you. You know in your heart you are not ready. If you die tomorrow, today, you don't know whether you go to heaven or from upstairs, from the back, wherever you are. Just come. Come. We are waiting for you. We are here because of you. God bless you. God bless you. Come to Jesus. God bless you. Today is your day of salvation. Hallelujah. From upstairs, wherever you are, just come to Jesus today. room for one more. You want to join them today? Jesus said, oh, come unto me, all ye that labor. I will give you rest. You want to join them? You want to say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus, but I want to be born again. Come to Jesus today. Jesus died for you. He gave his life for you. And today you may be born again. You may know him as your Savior. I want you to say this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, yes. congregation join in. Say, Dear Jesus, yes. today, close your eyes. Say, Today, yes. I realize I'm a sinner. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Today, today, I repent and I receive Jesus. Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior. Into my heart, and from today, I will serve Jesus and I will follow Jesus. So help me, God, in Jesus' name. Please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for that. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.